0: Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth Two.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth Two podcast. A podcast that explores the origins and development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages of
2: comics. I'm Peter Watson.
3: I'm Christine Pantin.
2: And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We have a special guest this week. Say hello, Christine.
3: Hello, Christine.
2: Oh, hey. <laughs> Christine is joining us to help out, to lend us her voice, so that I don't have to talk quite so much as we do this week's episode. We are covering issue 91 of The Brave and the Bold, which was published on the 25th of June 1970. And if you've been paying attention, you realise that that was published right between the two issues that made up this year's jla GSA crossover. Think on that whilst you're savoring the story.
1: But that would have been really awkward if Black had had this adventure in the middle of that story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there must be someone somewhere that's listening to us that experienced them in, in that order. though. Yeah, quite that, possibly. Know, yeah, uh-huh. that read part one and then read the B and B and then read part
3: two. Fanfic in love. It laugh. may have
2: happened.
1: Yep, definitely is. Yes.
2: If any of our listeners did read these comics in order they were published in 1970, please write in and let us know. But that'd be that'd be fabulous. Pete, do you want to tell everyone about the cover to B&B 91?
1: This is a very, very, very dramatic cover. It's very dark, Mm. horrible black scene. We have a big sign that says, You're entering Gotham. Welcome to Fun City. Which is the first and only time I've ever heard it referred to as Fun City. Yes. Because basically (laughs) it's Gotham City. It's not a nice place. And in the foreground, we have what appears to be the body of Black Canary and the body of Batman. Both their costumes kind of torn looking very bedraggled. There is a crashed motorcycle there that's on fire. Mm. And there is a sinister figure of a man, almost looks like he's wearing a biker outfit, running away from them with a smouldering gun in his hand, heading towards Fun City itself. Fun City, yeah. Which is basically looks like one of those fantastic Carmen Infantino cityscapes you used to get in The Flash. It's just these outline of buildings in the background, I love it, it's great.
2: My copy, very helpfully, has a Thorpe and Porter price stamp for five pence. Stroke one shilling. Five pence, bargain. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was trying to remember when did decimalisation hit in the UK. Uh,
1: it's not nineteen seventy-one.
2: So this comic must have been hanging around for a while mm. to get this particular copy that I've got to get a TNP stamp with five pence on it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's a very dynamic cover. As Pete said, there's lots of black, but we have the sort of orange of the almost it could be the rising sun coming up over Gotham mm, and the flames. Yes casting deep shadows over bats and black canary and the yellow batman logo and the the black yellow and blue black canary logo popping off the black base cover it's very 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 effective it's very 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 very, very moody very very dark and scary which really sets up the atmosphere for the story very nicely Mm -hmm. christine do you have anything to add about the cover
3: i mean she's fallen down in a very attractive pose Um, it's it's, it's almost like a photographer was guiding her Yeah. You're right. So is he. Um, so, yeah, looks good.
1: It's what we can sinisterly refer to as sultry unconscious.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> Perhaps we shouldn't, no, no.
2: She has spread it very well. Her hair's, you know, cascading <laughs> mm. in a very attractive fashion, and Batman's one leg is sort of angled slightly, and they do both look fabulous, listeners. So so there you are. Think of that while you will.
1: Blackberry's wig always manages to stay on. That's... Really impressive to me. <laughs> yes. Very impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a single story where I saw it getting bumped off in, in action. <laughs> Did that ever happen? I'm not sure. Probably mm. must have done somewhere. Anyway, right. Without further ado, we shall leap into the story. Summer 1970. Our opening page, we have Batman and Black Canary at the very top. And as I said at the top there, the emphasis on this story, moody and atmospheric are the key words. If you yes. don't have a copy of this comic, just imagine it's all cameras, very low level, a lot of natural light. Long takes of scenes, you know, with occasional sort of close ups and. Very noirish, yes. Yes, just very atmospheric. This is very much the DCU in the style of something like, you know, All the President's Men or. French Connection. Yeah, something equally adult.
3: I would read that. DCU, All the President's Men. That works <laughs> for me. Yeah.
2: Maybe when you write your DC comics, that's what you could, <laughs> do, yeah, do, what you could do. It's a very grown-up story, both in the way that the story's told and some of the stuff it deals with. It's one that I've really, really been looking forward to because I think it's one of the best uses of the, the multiple-earth concept that they did. So without further ado, and I've probably said that about 25 times already, the caption for the first panel of page one says,
0: Two men stroll toward each other on a high-suspension bridge, oblivious to the roar of the few cars passing. Oblivious to the hum of the wind in the soaring web of cables and steel, to the bustle of the city beyond,
2: and we see two men in long coats with hats approaching each other on the walkway on the side of the bridge. The, the cars rushing past almost as though it shot from a very high angle. And um, in panel three, they close towards each other. One of the men seems to be carrying a box or a briefcase under his arm. The other one holds a small package that's tied up with string. Now, the one with the the package has a sort of... looks like a a fishing fly in the the band of his hat, which is quite interesting. And he passes his small wrapped-up parcel to the other fella. And as he does this, he says, Here's the stuff, now. Let me have the payoff. Sure, chump. Here's the payoff. But good. And with a whack sound effect, the man in the checked coat carrying the briefcase box type thing, strikes him with a briefcase, and the final panel page one, with a cry of, No! No! The man who'd handed the guy in the checked coat the parcel has gone flying off the side of the bridge. Now, I hope that all made sense. <laughs> <laughs> the first panel of page two, very interestingly, we see there's a sort of film strip effect on the side of the panel, and what we see in the panel is the man who didn't go over the side of the bridge jumping into a speeding car that's picked him up and roared off. And off-camera, as it were, a voice says, That's the end of the film. Turn on the lights. And then we have a caption that says, A cold corpse for The
0: Collector. Story by Bob Haney. Editor Murray
2: Boltonoff. Art by Nick Cardy. Nick Cardy, yes. We haven't heard a Nick Cardy story, it seems, for ages That's and ages. and ages. yes. The collector part of the caption is sort of played out over the silhouette of what looks like a dead body. Mm. Gosh, very exciting. Now, we pull back in the next panel. There's about half a dozen men sat round a table. We can see the film projector that's just been projecting what we saw on page one. There's a man in a blue suit, there's a man in a brown suit, there's a couple of silhouetted figures. One of those silhouettes looks very familiar at this point. There's an overweight gentleman, there's another guy in a purple suit. And the man in the blue suit has a big cigar in his hand. He says... We we're lucky to get that with a telephoto lens. That big guy was turco hair, Reimer's top goon. And the chap in the brown suit behind him, who has a cigar clamped in his teeth, thumps the table and says,
3: Yeah, the old double cross in the middle of Gotham Bridge. Well, here has gotta be burned, totally. And then
2: the guy in the purple suit, who has a very neat moustache, again, he's smoking, bad habits, kids, you shouldn't smoke, it's bad for you. He says, in response, Sure, and then it's war. War with Reimer and his whole setup. Blue Suit leans forward and says, We can't afford with Reimer.
1: That old gangland stuff went out years ago. It's bad for business and only brings a lot
2: down on our operations. And as another chap, bald, thick-set fellow with a moustache. He leans forward and he says, But Reimer cheated us. We passed the stuff and instead of a million payoff, we got one dead Switchman! And we can see in the background, with a shady bunch, that there's a clearer look at one of the silhouetted figures and it appears to be Batman. One of the goons says, Quiet! There's two important guys here who haven't been heard from yet. You first, Batman. And indeed, in the final panel of page two, Batman stands up and says, Check. So you
1: turn loose the muscle and rhymer. What happens? I and the police move in easy. The young new DA wants to be governor. He'll slap indictments
2: on your soldiers as fast as I and Commissioner Gordon could nab them. The bald man in the suit says, Thanks. Now the man you're all waiting to hear from... The Collector, the guy in a purple suit, says. Yeah, let's hear him. And then we see the Collector. We don't see his face, though, but we see his sort of steepled hands as he taps his fingers. The, The smoke in the room hovers around him. And we see his eyes poking out from his shaded face. He's very creepy, as he says. When you hired me, I promised. If I failed, don't fire me, kill me. Well, I'm still alive. And I've collected fortunes for you from big businessmen who wouldn't cut us in debtors our loan chart boys couldn't squeeze, slow pay characters we did murder contracts for. My methods are special, but they work. Just like it was my idea to have a guy sit in here playing Batman. And at this, the collector reaches forward and pulls back Batman's mask. And we see that it's not Bruce Wayne. Don't know who it is. And in the next panel, still shrouded in darkness, the collector continues to give us his slant and things, like he was here himself, so we could be prepared for his counter moves against us. So, relax, cool the muscle, and let me take care of this little debt Reimer owes us. And Purple Suit Guy, he's now in silhouette, but we see the cigarette in the foreground of the panels, the ball guy watched them. But purple Suit Guy says, He takes an awful big cut of the profits, but he's worth it, because he always collects. I wonder who he really is. Shortly after... It's another aerial shot we see the suspension cabling of the bridge in the foreground and there's a police launch on the river below. A couple of figures looking at a body that's been pulled laid right out on the deck, and one of the figures is Batman, and he's saying
1: It's Waxy Till, Commissioner, the switchman for the syndicate. And he didn't hmm. jump. Waxy loved life and hated heights. So he was pushed.
2: Says Commissioner Gordon, and Batman replies Check. My guess is by
1: Rhymer's Bunch. A neat job. No marks. No weapon or bullet to
2: be traced. All anybody would conclude was he was a suicide. And from the back of the boat at this point comes another police officer, pushing another figure in front of him. The officer says,
3: Commissioner Gordon, we found a stowaway!
2: Commissioner Gordon whirls round as this figure is pushed towards him. He recognises him. For he says, Larry Lance, what are you doing in a police tug, you two-bit private eye? Now... You may remember, if you're a regular listener, that we've met Larry Lance a few times before in the podcast, haven't we, Pete We certainly have, yes. Larry Lance, of course, was the husband of Dinah Drake Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary. And, of course, he died during last year's jle crossover. So this is us meeting his Earth One counterpart. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Larry says in reply to Commissioner Gordon, Greetings, Gordon. Batman. I've got a right to be here. I was watching Waxy Till for a client. Commissioner Gordon grabs him with a scruff of his jacket and says, A client? Who, Lance? Who? I don't have to answer. I have a licence and I've always cooperated with your department. Now unhand my dry goods. Okay, just make sure your licence is up to date and stay out of my way. Commissioner Gordon clearly doesn't like him. Batman stands up from where he's been examining the body and approaches Larry. Larry says, What's eating him?
1: Don't take it personally. He's nervous. The public and city administration are riding him hard about the syndicate and the collector.
2: My client's interested in him too. He's sure-cut a swath. Every hood, shady politician, and honest cop's afraid of him. And
1: Waxy's death is going to bring him out of seclusion again to collect from Rhymer's outfit.
2: Another very, very moody shot from Mr. Carter here. Beautiful sort of shades of blue and white and black. You see the tug approaching the harbour. First panel, page five. The boat has been tied up against a pier. And everyone's climbing off. We can see an ambulance. We can see the body being carried into the back of the ambulance. Larry continues, saying, "'The wonder Gordon's nervous. That's the way I read it, too. Say, Batman, you're almost smart enough to be a private eye. <laughs>
1: "'I only hope I'm smart enough to get the Collector.
2: "'My hunch is he's
1: Carl Clegg.
2: "'Only hmm. a ruthless operator like him could be the Collector.'" Clegg, Not a chance. "'Only a brain like Doc Danton could be him. "'Listen. My client has a score to settle with the Collector, so how about you and me working together to get him? the next panel, Larry puts a friendly hand on Batman's shoulder. As Batman says, Hmm, I usually
1: work alone, but this is such a tough case. I'll take any help I can get,
2: okay, it's a deal. Beautiful. This is the beginning of a great team. Let's go, partner. Ha ha ha! This is the interesting point, though, we should make at this this juncture of the story, is that Batman took part in the GLA-GSA story where the Earth 2 Larry Lance died.
1: Yes.
2: Let's bear that in mind and see if it factors into the the conversation at any point in the story. So, we have a slow dissolve as we approach the end of page 5. A caption says...
0: Shortly after, as Larry Lance returns to his shabby office...
2: We see Larry coming through the door, and there's a cross-pair of ladies' legs perched on his desk waiting for him. And I think the rest of the ladies probably attached to him too. As he comes through the door, Larry says, Oh, you again, baby? I told you before, I've no time to take your case to find your lost husband, miss. Uh,
3: Mara Kellen. But to you, I'm just plain Mara.
2: The camera pulls back in the final panel of page five and we see that the lady who's speaking to Larry is wearing a red top, sort of short red skirt with sort of pleated white aspect to it. And she has thick, dark hair. She continues.
3: You know, you remind me so much of my late husband. You could be him.
2: Ha <laughs> ha! Funny. I never saw you before, and I'm not married. I never was. And the first panel of page six runs the full length and gives another much better shot of the lady who's sitting in Larry's office as she ponders and thinks...
3: Oh, I was hoping for that. The people here on Earth One are the same as in my old home Earth Two. There's a Larry Lance here, just like there. But there are exceptions. Like there's no Black Canary here. Until now.
2: And the caption for the next panel says, So
0: now you recognise her, brave and bold ones. Yes, it's Black Canary, the dynamic dame from Earth-2, that almost duplicate of her own world.
2: Yes, Canary, obviously in civvies at this point, she gets a bit of a close-up as she lingers in Larry's office and thinks,
3: He doesn't know that I was married to his duplicate on Earth-2, and that when Larry died, part of me died too. But if I could get this Larry to love me, as I already can't help loving him, my life could begin again.
2: Dinah makes a move towards Larry in the next panel as he appears to be either taking his gun out of his jacket pocket or his waistband or putting it in. And she says,
3: I like you. I like you a lot.
2: Yeah? Well, what can you see in a seedy private eye with only two clean shirts and one dirty gun? In the next panel, she's moved in a little closer, put her arms around his neck as she
3: says, I see a man... Whom I feel i know well already. Well enough to care so much about. Well enough to come this close to, and to... This.
2: And ooft. Well, the canoodle, for what of a better word. Don't know if the kids still say that. Yes, they have a bit of a kesk, But in the next panel. Larry doesn't hang around. He makes for the door and he says, Very nice. I could get to like that, except I've got an important job to do. See you later, doll. And as he leaves, Dinah thinks,
3: He's not taking me seriously. But he will. I've got to make him love me. Then this world will truly be my home.
2: A tiny caption says, Continued in second page following. We should see at this point, Nick Cardy draws good looking people incredibly (laughs) well. I said to Pete in preparation uh, that was going to try and do a sort of George Lazenby voice because in this page, that is just James Bond as played by George Lazenby, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Either that or else it's Stuart Damon in The Champions. Maybe I should have gone for (laughs) Craig Sterling's voice instead. Anyway, we arrive at the top of page seven. The caption for the first panel there says,
0: That evening in an illegal gambling casino in Midtown Gotham?
2: Yes, it's another moody, atmospheric room. There's a low light hanging over a card table. We can see a gentleman with dark hair, neat facial hair and sunglasses. And there's another chap, slightly overweight, with red hair, big side chops, a loud brown checked suit with a pile of cash in front of him. And there are some shadowy observers. When I say the shadow of zeros, I don't mean to say that they're desperately scary or anything, but just we can't really see them. They're just watching from the shadows. One of them says, "Turco here is betting like there's no tomorrow.
3: Yeah, he must have 10 thou riding on every roll.
2: And the next panel, Turco here, who's the large chap in the checked suit, he rolls a couple of dice and he says, 10. That's my point. I'll win again. And we get a nice close-up of the two dice, which is quite smart. Some of these panels may end up in the socials. This can be very difficult picking the panels for the socials, yes. actually. But anyway, Turco here's opponent says in response, No, you lose. What? Hold it, punk. I won. But the other guy, he's using his, what Pete tells me, thankfully, is a croupier rake to pull all the money towards him. And as he does this, he says, No, you lose. Since you're playing with money and belongs to others, I know, because I am the collector. Turk cries, The collect? No, I'll... But he's cut off. Because it turns out it's not an actual rake, it's a gun in disguise. The collector fires with a pow. A bullet strikes Turk, who cries and the final panel, Turk's face down, on the card table, as the collector legs it with the cash. Some of the other punters are not too happy. One of them cries in the background,
0: let me out of here.
2: And as the collector grabs the flipping great wadges of cash, he says, Relax, everybody. If you pay your debts, you need not fear me. This fool thought he could escape me. Caption for the first panel of page eight.
0: But inside, a figure observes the scene, having trailed Turco hair.
2: Yes, we see Batman pulling back a curtain and watching the collector, who's legging it. The collector's running so fast he's not even noticing that some of the banknotes are falling behind him. Batman thinks, The collector, I've
1: nailed him cold, and I'll bet my cowl it's Carl Clegg in disguise. Batman starts
2: to emerge from behind the curtain and says, Just a little minute, collector. But the collector whirls around and with a pow fires a shot at Batman, saying, Batman! And then he fires another few shots into the curtain in the next panel, pow, 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 saying, That curtain will be your shroud, pal! In panel four, we see that Batman has ducked behind a fruit machine, coin spilling everywhere, and the bullets ricochet off it. Batman says,
1: Everything he touches
2: turns to money. Maybe I can make a hit with the top ten. And he pushes the fruit machine forward. We see that it's on a bit of a stand. And it falls towards the Collector, who is somehow managing to open a door simultaneously as he tries to jump out of the way of the tumbling fruit machine. A tiny caption says, Continued in second page following. In the first panel of page nine, the Collector is making his way out of the door and he says, See you around, Bat Guy." And he fires on Batman, but then he says, Oof! Because with a whack, he's been struck by the Batarang that Batman has hurled at him. The next panel, Batman has made it to the door, but finds, Door's locked and he sees the silhouette of the Collector making his way past the, the window that Batman's now looking through, and Batman says, There he goes! And then in the next panel, there's a massive smash effect as Batman hurls himself through the window and grabs the Collector from the back, saying, Gotcha, Collector! Then in the final panel of page nine, we see Batman has grabbed this fella and twirled him around, but the figure says, Hold it! It's me! And Batman recognises him and says, Larry, I thought you were the collector. You must have seen him go this way. Larry's putting his hand to his head in the first panel of page 10 as he says, Did I? He hit me from out of nowhere and jumped into a car. I was just getting up when you slammed into me.
1: Blast! He beat me again. And weren't you supposed to be here
2: earlier? Larry's straightening his tie, looking so George Lasonby at hurts in panel two, (laughs) as he says, Sorry, partner. I got held up by a dame. Sure. Okay, Larry. Batman has obviously, in the previous page, hurled his batarang, which bounced off the, the collector's head and struck his hand, knocking the gun out of the way, but Batman notices an interesting detail here after noticing Larry putting his hand to his head. Batman thinks,
1: That gash could have been caused by my batarang. But the clothes, his hair, are different.
2: Oh, come on, Larry's on my side. In The next panel, they're doing some investigating. They've ducked their mind, some hedges, and Larry is showing a wig, a pair of dark glasses, and a suit jacket that he's found in the floor. He says, Batman! Look, the collector must have shucked his stuff after he belted me. He's a master of disguise. Nobody knows what he looks like. I'll bet he looks exactly like Carl (laughs) Clegg. Larry holds up his hand in the next panel, saying, No, look, a bag of peanuts in a pocket. And who's notorious for munching them? Doc
1: Danton. Maybe you were right after all.
2: Great shot of Batman there, actually, with a spotlight behind him. Nick Cardy, untouchable. Caption for the next panel on page 10. Moments later You see Batman using a payphone. Is that the first time that's happened in the podcast? I think so, yeah. yeah. He's got an eye on Larry standing outside smoking a cigarette and Batman's on the phone saying
1: Commissioner, O'Hare's dead. The collector got him and escaped. I want a drag knight put out for Doc Danton. Send some men to collect O'Hare and close down this joint.
2: A bit of a slow dissolve, the final panel of page ten is Larry and Batman walking along. And now, is that a full moon in the sky behind them? Or is it a, a low slung street light? Full moon mm. or a street light. Let's mm. take a drink just yes. in case. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it's interesting. It's a bit male gazy, this issue. Can't lie. We see a silhouetted pair of lady legs at the front of the panel as Batman and Larry walk towards her. Larry is saying, Say, partner, I want you to meet somebody. She's the reason I was late. Batman thinks, That face figure. Very
1: familiar. Of course, it's Black Canary.
2: <laughs> oh, dearie me, that says so much, Bruce. It really does. Now, this is where we should remember, as I, I think I mentioned at one point, there was a brief hint of a love triangle between Green Arrow, Black Canary, and Batman, in the, a couple of issues of the Justice League, which we didn't really cover. But it's interesting that Batman makes such a an identification. The first panel, page 11, they've arrived with Dinah. Larry says, Batman meets Myra Callan. And Myra replies,
3: "The great Batman, I'm honored."
2: But she thinks,
3: "Good old Great Crusader, he knows me, but he's just covering for me, just as I hoped."
2: Batman says, "My pleasure, Myra," and he goes on to think, Black
1: Canary using an alias, it figures. She must have fallen for this Larry, who resembles her husband back on Earth too.
2: Interesting." Panel two. Larry leans in, pecks Dino or Myra, on the cheek, and says, "'Say, I've got to report to my client.'" "'I wish I knew who he is, Larry.'" "'Professional ethics, Batman. Can't reveal it. Would you see Myra home? My client hates me to be late.'" And in panel three, this is incredibly, incredibly moody from mm-hmm. Mr. Cardi. There's a sort of series of almost spotlights cast by the streetlights as Larry walks off, and Dinah says,
3: "'I know what you're thinking, Batman. I'm a fool for throwing myself at a man because he looks like my late husband.'"
1: No, that was to be expected, but this Larry's different. Inside, he's hard, self-centered. You break your heart. And there's something suspicious about him. My old bat-sense says he might not be who or what he seems.
3: I'm not interested. I'm a woman first and a superhero and second.
1: Okay, but understand he's helping me capture someone. It's dangerous. He could be hurt even
2: killed. Dinah starts to take her leave. At this point we get a nice better look at what she's wearing. Nice little red neck scarf and a and a horizontally striped dress. Very, very pretty. She looks back over her shoulder at the Cape Crusader and says,
3: I appreciate the warning, but don't try to run my new life. I'll see you around.
2: Slow dissolve then, the first panel of page 12. But as Black Canary melts into the night see Batman standing in front of a newsstand. Now, can we make out the names of any comics? <laughs> no, it's not. That's nah, disappointing, isn't it? No. The news vendor is laying out his wares. So we can see he's got some... Look, at They look like penknives or something holding some of the publications down to wake them down from the wind. That's very interesting. But Batman has a thought because... That roof. Someone on it signalling with a flashlight. And indeed, we can see a silhouetted figure standing on top of a building across the road and a bit of a flash of light. There's a screech of brakes as a green van pulls up and someone hurls a package from the side that bounces on the pavement with a wump. Batman thinks... What gifts? Oh,
1: only a news delivery truck.
2: Yeah, because it looks like a tied bundle of newspapers. However, the caption for
0: Parallel 3 says... Yet suddenly, as the air palpitates with a strange unearthly noise...
2: It's almost as though the newspapers keep bouncing. There's a weird... (coughs) Sound effect, Batman hurls himself back towards the newsstand. And then there's a massive BLAM explosion as the almost of like the pavement erupts. Batman recoils and then moves forward the final panel of page twelve, thinking Good
1: blazes, that bundle was booby trapped. That rooftop buzzard was fingering me.
2: He wasn't signalling Batman, he was shining a torch on him so that whoever was in the van We'd see him, and we also see in this final panel that the silhouetted figure on the roof of the building is starting to make a move. First panel of page 13, all sorts of smoke and flames going on as Batman emerges through the smoke and sees a certain familiar blonde bombshell on her motorbike. Batman says,
1: Black Canary, you hurled that bomb bundle away with your sonic powers. But how did you know?
3: Even back on Earth too,
2: truck drivers don't wear expensive dress gloves. So that's obviously what the, the screeching wee sound effect was. That's fantastic. That's a great use of Canary's powers. I like mm. it. Batman says in the next panel, Clever girl. I owe you one bat life. Canary's not having it. She zooms off on her motorbike saying,
3: Forget it. Just try to see it my way about Larry. Be a friend and help me find happiness. I'm going home and changes something more feminine for Larry.
2: Tremendous. Cracking shot of Black Canary's bomb. it must be said. <laughs> the caption for the next panel. The next day... Yes, we're in Commissioner Gordon's office, and he's oh, he looks knackered. He's pouring a cup of coffee. We're not sure if it's for him or for Batman. Batman is sat perched on the Commissioner's desk, as Commissioner Gordon is saying. Of course, the delivery truck was stolen.
1: We found it abandoned and clean of prints. Our dragnet hasn't turned up a hair of Doc Danton. And Batman says... Hmm, he knows I'm after him and getting
2: warmer. That's why he tried to blast me. And then the phone on Commissioner Gordon's desk rings, very helpfully, with a large ring sound effect. Batman, which is very presumptuous of him, given that it's not his office, he's answered the phone in the next panel. And we hear a familiar voice saying, Batman, Larry, a break. The collector's due to make a collection from my client in the museum's sculpture court. Meet me there. And as Commissioner Gordon stirs his coffee in the background, Batman says, Good work, Larry, the museum. Another of Danton's little quirks meeting in museums, art
1: galleries. Maybe, Commissioner, this time we've got him. A
2: slow dissolve, a caption says. Very shortly, in the sculpture garden adjoining Gotham City Museum. I think Mr. Cardi was having fun with this. We see Batman walking across a shiny tiled floor. It seems to be spotlight as well because it's a bit of a glare. There's some interesting statue shapes. There's a figure on the left which, I don't know, is that a horse kneeling down? Is that a shield? I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. There's a bit of weird, modern, twisty art in the middle and there's another thing with a hole in its head and another figure with its head in its hands and it looks like some kind of ceremonial garden in the middle of the floor. As he marches through this, the Cape Crusader is thinking,
1: It's Tuesday. The museum's closed today. Good deserted spot for the collector to squeeze Larry's client, whoever he is.
2: A very interestingly lettered caption for the first panel of page 14 says, Suddenly! And the large, weird-looking piece of twisty modern art that we saw on the previous page tips forward with a swish and with a grang sound effect. It crushes itself on the ground. Batman cries, Holy Hannah! And then the next panel is being pelted at by gunshots as he ducks behind one of the statues, the one that we saw that looked a bit like a, the shape of a horse and a shield. The gunshots continue to rain down on Batman as he thinks...
1: Real Assassin's Nest here. Keep stopping him, Don Quixote. Six, seven,
2: eight. Yeah, he's counting the bullets, so we're guessing then that the statue that he's hiding behind is Cervantes' great, legendary, inspirational creation. Batman leaps forward the next panel, saying,
1: Your automatic's empty, Buster, and I'm coming for you.
2: In the foreground of the panel, we see a hand holding a pistol and some click sound effects. Obviously, he's trying to fire. Because he's out of bullets, nothing's happening. The caption for the final panel of page 14. But as Batman lunges for his half-hidden killer... Yes, we hear another BANG bang! sound effect, and we see that this brown-suited, dark-glass-wearing figure that was holding the pistol, who was hiding behind another piece of modern art himself, seems to have been taken out. Batman thinks... Huh? Somebody zapped him! And Batman's thoughts continue the first panel of page 15. In time to silence him when I was about to nab him. Was that Larry's motive? Now wait, the collector
1: would make me even suspect Santa Claus.
2: Batman is very close to the, the body now of the, the chap that was shot. We can see him draped over the legs of the statue of the figure that was cupping its head in its hands. Larry has arrived. He's got a smoking gun in his right hand as he says, You okay? Lucky I managed to get a bead on this bird in time. So obviously it was Larry that shot the fella. Batman says,
1: He was one of the Syndicate's top guns. But what happened to the Collector? And
2: where's your client? Oh, you didn't think I'd let him appear. It was all a trap for the Collector, only he didn't show "'Danton always was a sly one,' says Larry, as he pockets his gun. The two of them start to move off in the next panel as Batman says,
1: "'Yes, if it really is, Danton.' And he thinks, "'What about Larry's mysterious clients? "'What if he's the collector and this was really a trap
2: for me?' "'Not long after!' Batman's back with Commissioner Gordon, is going through a file he has in his hands. The Commissioner says, "'Scratch Doc Danton off your list!' A bulldozer in the city dump just uncovered his body. Dead for weeks. Batman's unhappy at this. He slams his fist down on Commissioner Gordon's desk and says, Blazes!
1: Then all those clues were phony, and Larry's been digging them up, which means he could be the collector. Or working for him.
2: That could be it. Carl Clegg's a collector, and Larry's his tool. Listeners, I hope you're keeping track of all of this, because my head is spinning, quite frankly. (laughs) Bob Heaney don't care. (laughs) Who is the collector? What's going on? What's my name? Who are these people? Am I still me? Etc. Caption for the final panel of page 15. Soon, across town. Batman's visiting Dinah Lance. This time she's wearing a very attractive pink miniskirt with a sort of black diamond pattern on it. She's still wearing the little dinky red scarf. I like that. We can see an open door showing her canary wagon her canary costume as she says,
3: You're wrong. Larry couldn't be involved with the Collector. He's sweet and honest.
1: I can't prove it yet, but the signs point his way. You're so infatuated. You're just not the same girl who wore that costume with honour, Black Canary.
2: As we arrive at top of page 16, we're outside Dinah's house and we can see Larry has a set of keys already. Can you believe this? He's about to enter. We hear the voices from inside. Canary saying,
3: I'm still the same. You're not the same understanding comrade whom I relied on. You're hard. Suspicious.
2: I've got to be. If he
1: is the collector or involved with him, he's pure poison for me, Gotham City, and for you.
3: I don't, I won't believe you. I lost everything on Earth, too. Now you want me to lose it all here, too. Want to know what I think? You're jealous. Jealous!
2: And with that, She slaps Batman in the face. Good grief. The next panel. This is all getting very romance comic, if you ask me. (laughs) Dinah has gone into her bedroom and she's face down in her bed crying as Batman, who doesn't reply, doesn't say a word after the slap. Batman is making his exit out of the window. And Dinah is crying into her pillow and says,
3: Oh, Larry, Larry, where are you? I need you so. And
2: he's looking very nonchalant in the next panel as Larry as he stands in the doorway, leaning into the doorway, leaning into her bedroom and says, I'm right here, darling. And now that I know who you really are, it's time we join forces, Black Canary.
3: You know? You heard?
2: Now I understand everything. I also understand why I was holding back my feelings. I couldn't figure you out, but that costume, you've passed. It's all clear to me now. He hugs her close in the first panel of page 17. There might be a kiss, but who can tell? And he says, I feel like I've known you all my life. Like that other Larry and I were one.
3: Oh, Larry. Larry, you've begun to love me.
2: I'm just a poor private eye, but baby, after this is over, we can hit all the high notes together. Really, live
3: After this is all over?
2: She quotes back at him, and the next panel's very interesting. It's from inside her costume closet. We see the wig, the fishnet tights, and the jacket. Very significantly, I think Larry's face is hooded. You can't really see what he's thinking at this point as he says, After I get the collector, you can help me, sweetheart. Using your powers as Black Canary.
3: But I thought you were helping Batman capture him.
2: You heard him he doesn't trust me, has a wild idea I'm the guy, or involved with him. Believe me, love, I'm plain laughing Larry. Have gun and license, will travel. My client's rich. If you and I grab him, if we beat Batman to the collector, he'll set us up for life.
3: Oh, darling, yes, yes. You're more exciting than my other Larry ever was.
2: And again, Cardi excelling. Some of the art on this page is just stunning. We leave Larry and Dinah in silhouette with some... Gorgeous detailing on her apartment, and we arrive at the top of page eighteen. The first panel is captioned.
0: Meantime, all over
2: Gotham, there is no way, listeners, we're going to be able to do this justice. We're going to have to put both these panels on the socials, so that you can you can see it. Basically, split over two panels. It's almost two scenes, but they're linked by the fact that Batman is leaning against a Gotham City police car. In the first panel, we can see uh, a bunch of people being guided out of a big fancy building. They're all in fancy clothes, being guided towards a police van by some Gotham City officers. As Commissioner Gordon in the foreground, talking to Batman, says, We're rounding them all up. The Syndicate's mob as well as Reimer's boys. You look worried, Batman. Putting the lid in the whole town was your idea. But then the second panel, at the top of page 18, we're at a different location. I've never seen anything like this since we've been doing the podcast. This is yep. phenomenal storytelling. This is even they wouldn't even do something something that is in a lot of modern comics. It's nope. so clever. We see it's almost like there's been a sort of slow pan across Batman, but we're in a different location. There's a police car with its lights on, full beam in the background. There's a labelled identified warehouse which looks like it has a spotlight shining on it, and a couple of police officers who are armed, getting out a bunch of men out of the warehouse. As Batman who is lit up from behind by the police light on top of the car so that his cape looks pink instead of blue. This is stunning. Mm -hmm. Batman is saying, If we make enough
1: fuss, maybe it'll smoke out the collector.
2: In the next panel, Batman and Commissioner Gordon are sat in the back of another vehicle watching some more policemen herald some more people into the back of a police van. And Batman is saying,
1: But without better evidence, they'll all be out on bail in an hour. And he thinks, how can I tell him Black Canary shook me up, she accused me of being jealous of Larry?
2: And we got a very moody close-up of Batman in the next panel, as he thinks. I must admit, I do like her. But those
1: clues, those all-too-convenient incidents, they seem to point to Larry. I should start following him, but he's an expert at shaking a tail. A
2: slow dissolve, a caption says. Then, next day, in municipal courts. From left to right, we see Batman, a very pinched-looking Commissioner Gordon, Larry, looking more George Lazenby than ever, a judge who has curly grey hair and glasses, a bunch of other people, presumably one of their people at the front of this little crowd is their lawyer. Larry is saying to the judge, Your Honour, as a public-minded citizen, I submit that information I just handed you as evidence. We can see the judge reading from a piece of paper. The judge says, Mm,
3: Thank you, Mr. Lyle's. Bail denied. All prisoners will be held for the grand jury.
2: And what's presumably the defence lawyer cries, I protest. First panel of page 19, Commissioner Gordon is talking to Larry. The commish says, Good work. Without that stuff you dug up, we'll have lost our fish. I was
1: wrong about you.
2: All in a day's work, Commissioner. I want to see our city cleaned up as much as you. And he waves to Batman the next panel as he exits. We see Batman from behind, watching Larry go. And Larry says, Now I have to get on the Collector's trail again. I'll be checking with you soon, partner, Batman thinks.
1: That definitely proves Larry's not the Collector, or involved with him. That leaves only one real suspect, Carl Clegg.
2: Does it prove anything, though? (laughs) Is Larry the Puppet Master in all this? I don't know. We have another slow dissolve, and the caption says, And where the Syndicate meets... We are back in the moody, smoky room that we were in at the start of the story. We see the moody, shaded face of the Collector at the head of the table, the Goon in the Batman costume standing behind him, and our friends in the purple suit and the blue suit and the bald guy are all sat around. The ersatz Batman is saying, How about it, Collector? I
1: jailed your best men, closed up half your rackets, you're collecting peanuts.
2: That's interesting, they're still doing the Batman psychology thing. The bald gangster Goon says, He's right, business is terrible. And the blue suit gangster says, Yeah, you gotta deliver, Collector. Very scary panel. It shows the collector snapping a pencil, but the sort of emphasis, sort of motion effect on the snap sound effect looks as though he's actually got a mouthful of vampire teeth. Gosh, it does. Very sinister. Whilst he's destroying the, the office stationary supply, the collector says, gentlemen, I admit my embarrassment, but to make up for it, I'm going to collect the greatest payoff of all, the life of Batman. Off camera, one of the goons says, Batman? Wow! And one of the others says,
3: I'll settle for that.
2: And another, slow dissolve. Not long after... Final panel of page 19, we're back in Commissioner Gordon's office. Batman's on the phone again, and a voice is coming down the receiver saying, This is Larry, partner. Stop looking for Clegg. Stuley tipped me, he's meeting Rymer at the track at dawn to talk deal about using Rhymer's goons. So Clegg's your pigeon. You were right after all. Batman thinks, Larry
1: never know how glad I am about that.
2: And so, another slow dissolve, top of page 20, the caption for the first panel say,
0: Dawn, and except for a few colts working out, the vast sprawling area is
2: deserted. So obviously in the final panel of the previous page, Larry talked about the track. Race track. I guess, is what he mm-hmm. meant. Yep. So, it's a high shot we're up with Batman as... Stuck up a pole, looking down at various bits and bobs going on. We can see some horses in the background, but it's it's an interesting point of view panel because Batman's got a little spy scope and we see a silhouetted figure going up a ladder. And anyway, he's looking at all this and Batman is thinking,
1: The police pressure was too great. The Collector and Reimer had to join forces or go out of business. Reimer's not here yet, but somebody's climbing up to the judge's stand. Must be Clegg. Here's where I collect him.
2: Batman starts moving forward in the second panel. But he's distracted. He looks to his right and thinks... What? That exercise boy's heading his mount right at me! Yep, and we see the silhouetted form of a horse rushing towards Batman. Thankfully, in the next panel, there's an interruption of a... Weeeeee sound effect. And we see... That, is that Black Canary on the horse? Yes! Hmm, interesting. Batman is thrown out of the way. He cries... Ugh! And he thinks...
1: Sonic, Whammy flipping me? That rider...
2: It was black and hairy. Listeners, get us a copy of B&B 91 or get us a copy of an omnibus that reprints it, because I'm not doing the best job of telling this. <laughs> it reads much better. Nick Cardy was just in a class of his own. He really was. We're so used to dialogue and captioning that tells us exactly what's taking place in the yeah. story. It's very rare to just mm-hmm. have the pleasure of the art actually doing it for us. It's terrific. Mm-hmm. We'll see how... I think we had the same trouble when we did that issue of Aquaman last year.
1: (laughs) We did, yes.
2: But anyway, the final caption for the final panel of page 20 says, Stunned, unable to move, Batman's brain can still function. And we see that the silhouetted figure who Batman was watching in the first panel has descended slightly from its ladder and drawn a gun on him which looks like it's got a silencer barrel on it, actually. And this figure, we can see him from the back, but it's instantly recognisable for he says to Batman, So long, partner. (laughs) Ha ha! and laughs as Batman, down on the ground, thinks, Larry, Lance, the collector after all,
1: what a fool I've been.
3: Which is ironic, because I misread the caption as saying Batman's (laughs) one brain cell can still function.
2: (laughs) That's, at a very Freudian level, says what you think about Batman. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right, back to the plot. So, at that astonishing revelation, we arrive at the top of page 21. The caption for the first panel says, "But," And we see Black Canary leaping from her horse to get between Larry's gun barrel and Batman. Batman's still on the ground, still recovering. Canary says,
3: Larry, why the gun? You said I was just a stun, Batman so you could capture the collector alone.
2: Goodness me. Canary's standing now directly between Batman and the gun barrel. Larry says, Get away, doll. You did what I wanted, but if you want that life together, back off. Your Sonic whammy isn't as fast as my bullet, baby.
3: You lied. It's Batman you're really after. You're you the collector.
2: Now, the next panel is very unfortunate in its positioning. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Come on, everyone. It's almost over Batman's shoulder, the point of view, but he's basically looking at Black Canary's backside.
3: (laughs) He's looking at her crotch.
2: yes. Well, he could be looking at the grounds. We're looking at Black Canary's backside because that's what Nick Cardi's drawn. Off camera, Larry Lance says, Correct. Now move, or I'll send you across the big finish line with him. Batman, crouching behind Canary, thinks, She's
1: paralyzed with surprise.
2: Now! Larry fires on the next panel with a blam, but from the ground, Batman kicks Canary, so she falls out of the way. There's a kapow as the bullet strikes the ground. The caption for the final panel, page 21. Another lightning movement from Batman, and... And we see the batarang that he wheeked from his utility belt in the previous panel has been thrown forward by Batman, it collides with Larry's hand, as a blam as the gun goes off, but only fires onto the ground. The first caption for the first panel of page 22. As the gunfire causes the horse to bolt... Yeah, the horse legs it and Larry has jumped from his vantage point, onto the horse's back. And then in panel two, amusingly in the background, we see the horse jumping over one of the fences as it makes his getaway. Batman gets to his feet, saying...
1: He's getting away. We're like a posse that lost
2: its broncos. And Canary, whose motorbike, is nearby, wheels the bike forward, saying...
3: No, we're not. If you don't mind riding a steel steed, Batman. I rode my Canary cycle here earlier to play the unsuspecting dupe in Larry's scheme.
1: Good thing you did, but... Can it handle the jump course?
3: Hang on and you'll find out, Batman.
2: And with a vroom, the Canary cycle roars off. There's a vroom sound effect as Canary's bike clears one of the fences. Batman cries, Wow, the whammy. Canary replies, That answer your question? In the next panel, I love the way it's split the diagonal It's very, very effective. Mm -hmm. The cycle lands and zooms after Larry, still on horseback, (laughs) leaping over another fence. Batman cries, We're gaining But that next one's too high. And with a massive crack sound effect and a vroom, Canary roars her bike straight through the fence. And she says,
3: If you can't go over, go through.
2: A caption before the next panel says, With
0: Black Canary driving like a dervish, the
2: cycle edges up alongside the galloping thoroughbred. And... Batman leaps from the motorcycle, grabbing Larry, dislodging him from the horse. They both fall as Batman cries, Gotcha, Collector. And then there's a massive... Slash! As they land in the water-filled ditch beside the jump that they've just passed, this is astonishing. Final panel of page 23, Larry and Batman struggles. Larry pulls a knife, tries to force it towards the Cape Crusader. The first panel of page 24, they are underwater, still struggling. The blade of the knife glints. And then the caption for panel two. Now the water is stilled, and with it, one life. Batman is emerging from the water, looking utterly sodden and... We see Larry lying on the ground, not moving in front of him. We can see the motorcycle and the horse in the background. the horse has calmed itself. Batman looks very downcast, very upset, as he says.
1: The thrust meant for me found another target.
2: So Larry took the knife. Canary, who's joined him, standing in the ditch, says.
3: So he was the collector all along.
2: The private eye identity
1: was a front. My first suspicions were correct, but he threw me off by turning in that evidence against his own hoods.
2: In the next panel, they're taking the leave. They're walking away from the ditch, if that's the correct term. We see Larry's body lying there. We see the canary cycle. We see the horse. Batman is saying, He was
1: willing to sacrifice them to get me, and it almost worked.
3: Only because I was a lovesick fool and didn't listen to you. I thought Rima was the collector and Larry was going to get him, and I'd just make sure you didn't interfere.
2: A very moody close-up of canary as her eyes are filled with tears in the next panel, as she continues.
3: Funny how much like the other Larry he was. And how different. A world of difference. Oh, Batman, will I ever find a new life here in this earth?
2: And it must be said, Batman has a bit of an odd expression <laughs> on his face here. He's kind of put on the spot, almost, as he says.
1: I think anyone as brave and beautiful as Black Canary certainly will. And you've already made two good friends here. Me and that four-legged Romeo with the velvet
2: nose. <laughs> and as Batman laughs and Canary looks slightly appalled, the horse, who has just sat through all of this, has come forward and nudged her from behind. Isn't that nice? Oh. And a little caption tells that this is... The, the end. end. Well then, gosh, what did we think of that?
3: I'm just saying, I'd rather go with a horse than Batman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you mean, Black Canary?
3: <laughs> Editorial. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well then, I think that's an excellent story. The whole transition from Earth 2 to Earth 1 of Canary was done mm-hmm. so well in the Justice League book. And yeah. it almost kind of reflected some of what was going on in the Hard Travelling hero stories. But this yeah. is such a good use of the, I think it's the best use we've had of the multiple Earth duplicate character situation thing so far. I think this is a classic. Yep.
1: I mean, it's its a very, very convoluted Bob Haney mob story. Yes, which is fun, but the heart of the story is in Black Canary's search for a replacement for her husband, as it were. Yeah. Not so much set for a replacement, but her drive to investigate this person that could be the love of her life. Yes.
3: I think they do that a disservice when they give her that line about you're more fun or
1: yeah more exciting you're
3: more, fun. You're more exciting than yeah. my larry ever was uh, yeah. that kind of oh yeah that's a bit uneasy that just makes it seem like yeah. she's just looking for a new guy rather than that she's drawn by the mm. connection to her yeah to her lost husband
1: i kind of took that that she was kind of caught up in the moment and caught up in the i found my larry that he's is just my larry and she's almost blinded by it that's kind of hard yeah
2: she? she's been reunited as far as she sees it, with her husband, who's died. And mm-hmm. this version of him is, has a little bit more of an edge, so she's yeah. maybe slightly captivated by that and slightly blinded by it. She's maybe mm-hmm. lost some of her judgment a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all done it. We've all done daft things when you become smitten with a new person. And she's maybe kind of losing her head and her heart just a little bit.
3: Snogged Batman, yeah, that that'll <laughs> we've all been
2: there. It's interesting that you make the point in PC that the convoluted mob story is yeah. completely secondary. Oh yeah. I was getting a bit dizzy trying to follow it all. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter because as you say, that's not what the story's about. No. It's the background to the canary story. Yeah. The collector's almost incidental, really. But it's was anyone surprised when it was revealed to be Larry the first time we read this story?
1: <laughs> not hugely, no. Although I must admit I really <laughs> I really liked when he was in the, the gambling casino. His disguise just basically made him look like Stan Lee. <laughs> yes. He had these uh, like big thick shades and he had the dodgy tash and yeah. you know the, the obvious wig. <sighs> It looked very much yes. like Stan Lee at the time. <laughs> it was uh,
2: hilarious. I liked that whole sequence. I liked That's how you good. know Batman yeah. basically mm-hmm. jumped through the window and got hold of the collector. Larry had the time to whip off his wig and glasses, and Batman caught up with him, thinking he'd caught the collector, and he had.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you
2: know, and it was—I think Batman was quite naive in this story. Definitely, yeah. I think he'd been taken in by Larry as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe he felt that he wanted Canary to be happy, so he didn't want Larry to be found out as the baddie. So maybe he was Uh sloppy work from the Cape Crusade, if you ask me. I think he
3: didn't want to be seen as the baddie in Canary's eyes. Yeah, he didn't Mm. want to be seen as the one who was exposing Larry as the baddie because he wanted to be her hero.
2: That's fair. Yeah, huh? Can you see that? Because I mean, as we said earlier on, there was that slight element of a a love triangle between him and the Canary and the Arrow. Mm-hmm. And as he says as much, it says quite a lot. about Batman, the way he works, when the moment when Canary stretched out of bed crying and he just leaves out the window without saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, he doesn't doesn't yeah. apologise, doesn't do anything to try and comfort her or anything. He just he just goes. It's that's yeah.
1: We actually do see him go, though, unlike, you know, with Commissioner Gordon, Uh where basically the Commissioner turned out and he's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And that all backs up what I was saying at the top about how it's a very adult sort of story. I mean, Mm -hmm. compare this to the way that the the Superman-Lois Lane relationship is endlessly portrayed in the the Superman family stories we've Mm -hmm. done. This is excellent stuff from Bob Haney, I think. It's not even as out there as some of his stuff, really, as people sort of say stuff is. it? Yeah. Even some of the stories we've done comparatively recently. Mm -hmm. This is very, very kind of mature level stuff. And the art is just gorgeous. yeah, Absolutely stunning. So fluid, so dynamic that the fight at the end is proper Bond movie stuff. It was tremendous.
1: I mean, with a few tweaks, I could see this story being a current issue of Astro City. Got you. It just has that kind of real world vibe and take on superheroes and this sort of life and the world that they live in that you don't really think about. And it's just layered through. And this is way before 50 years
2: ago yeah absolutely hey scary thought astro city's been around for 27 years creaky
1: <laughs> oh my goodness
2: <laughs> it's longer since astro city started than it was between astro city starting and this comic being published so there wow we okay <laughs> <laughs> but i know what you mean it doesn't read like a normal superhero comic no. it reads like a proper the fact that it's telling good stories is first and foremost and it's telling an interesting story about relationships but just using superhero characters to do it, so yeah. that's. I think mm-hmm. that's what's really interesting.
1: This is the second time we've seen an Earth Two counterpart on Earth One, who's actually an evil version of the Earth Two personality. Because we had the Earth One Johnny Thunder before in the Crisis on Earth A story. That's right. Where he was kind of immoral and mm. a bit nasty, and you know, selfish. Yes. As opposed to you know, just the fun-loving Johnny Thunder who tries to do the right thing on Earth Two. Yeah. Whereas you've got this secret underworld crook as Larry Lance as opposed to the good guy private eye that he was in Earth 2. Yeah. It's interesting to see just the differences between the counterparts in this because usually we always think of Earth 3 as the one that's got the evil versions but Earth 1's doing quite well for evil versions (laughs) as it's going.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's going to turn
1: up next to be a nasty guy?
2: I mean, compare this story to the the jla JSA crossover with our 3, they're light years apart, aren't oh, they? gosh, yes. You know, tonally. And, I mean, uh-huh. this really shows I th- the, the contrast, like between the Bronze Age and the Silver Age. We're really, we're well into the Bronze Age by now, I think. Yeah. This is some next level stuff. This is phenomenal. Yeah.
3: She's got a brilliant wardrobe.
2: Oh, she does,
1: yes.
3: Not so much the Black Canary costume, which I don't think does much for her, to be honest, but she's got a great wardrobe. Yes.
2: Mm. Very contemporary. She looks fabulous, it must be said. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Although the introduction that's just a pair of legs is quite quite amusing. <laughs> it's very of the time. Yes. It wouldn't be out of place in an episode
2: of The Man from Uncle, <laughs> Or a Stephen Moffat episode of Doctor Who, let's be
3: honest. <laughs> okay, as Dinah, she's got some outfits that it looks like a woman would wear rather than a costume that a guy would design Mm. If he's trying to design mm-hmm. a fantasy woman.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
3: Like some of the superhero mm-hmm. costumes for women. Sure. Like, if that makes sense.
2: No, I get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, you could see a lady in that era wearing some of Dinah's costumes for a date.
1: Yeah, uh uh-huh, without a doubt. Definitely. I think Cardi also draws her very much the same way he draws Wonder Girl, with the dark hair and just the look. And the. Yeah, hair. actually
2: that's a point, mm-hmm. yeah. They do look very similar. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they didn't forget that, that her canary hair is a wig and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Uh. You know, because I don't think we got a panel of her actually changing into the outfit. It, no. It, which is almost fetishised in some stories, the way it's, you know, it's sort of done, the way that she's sort of shown it. Yeah, that's, the true. Changed.
1: that's
2: true. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I keep saying it, but this is just such a mature story.
1: It was a bit sus, though, when she turned up in Larry's office and Larry's saying, I've got no time to seek your case to find your lost husband. And then the very next panel, it's contradicted, and she says, oh, you remind me of my late husband. So she got a late husband and a lost husband? <laughs> oh, right, what? that's the point, yeah. <laughs> She's been
3: busy. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> such a femme
1: fatale there.
3: She's trying to find a new life on this Earth. She's got to, you know, get yeah. through them.
2: She should get her story straight, though. <laughs> yeah. But that's, well, that's an interesting thing, though. It's, it's the fact that, you know, it's about a year or so after the JLA-JSA the crossover where the Earth 2 Larry was killed. Oh. We've done a couple of comics since that's featured Canary, but... It, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd never made another reference to her yeah. originally being from Earth-2. Yeah. But this is good that they're still mining it for good stories, basically. Yeah.
1: It's good, it's encouraging. Yeah, I mean, that was a pivotal part of the JLA-JSA story we've just covered, was the fact that she was from Earth-2 and she thought she was the cause of everything.
2: Of course, So
1: yeah. it's quite interesting to compare that with this. And bearing in mind, <laughs> technically in the middle of that whole satellite, Stuff we're just going. Oh, I I can't live anymore. Yes, I'm going to destroy both Earths. She pops into Earth and has this adventure, then pops back up to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to take everything totally chronologically, but of course we don't.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting. I mean, how is this supposed to fit into the continuity of the the Green Lantern Green Arrow series that she's appearing? Yeah, in? exactly. It might be worth one of us taking a look through that to see if mm-hmm. there's any references to such things. Mm-hmm. I think this probably takes place maybe before the JLA-JSA crossover or yeah. you know, maybe before the Hard Traveling Heroes stuff or you know, before she properly piles up with Green Arrow. I mean, regardless, she's had a very stressful summer <laughs> <laughs> of 1970, yeah. of all this stuff with Larry and then thinking Definitely. that she's causing the destruction of the two us in the mm-hmm. JLA-JSA crossover. So hopefully the next time we see her, she's going to have been sat down with her feet up, just chilling out Maxim, quite frankly.
1: It would make more sense if this took place before those stories, because obviously you've got... Batman's feelings for her as well to a certain extent yes. and he still thinks there's maybe be a bit of something there but obviously by the time you come around to Hard Travelling Heroes then she's pretty much with Green Arrow as a couple. Yes. And obviously she's not in this story so it would make sense if this took place before mm-hmm. uh, certainly the Hard Travelling Heroes storyline in Green Lantern Green Arrow.
2: Yeah,
3: I think so. I think it's worth noting that on this earth water fences for horse racing or show jumping, whichever one you want to look at, are clearly far deeper than they are in Earth Prime. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was a proper underwater fight, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: I felt sorry for Canary, the way it panned out. It would have been nice if mm-hmm. Larry hadn't been the baddie, but I suppose that's the whole point of the story. There really wouldn't have been much, you know, much to it if it had been revealed that he wasn't yeah. the Collector. You know, And a surprising twist, Larry is not the Collector. It's Commissioner Gordon.
3: I mean, even if he hadn't been the collector, Mm he wasn't exactly charming (laughs) throughout. (laughs) From the very beginning, he was pretty. Mm obnoxious
1: yeah that could have been the twist is that you know we suspected him to be the collector all along and he turned out not to be but he was just yeah just he, a
3: bit of a rotten guy
2: yeah immoral just using them and then yeah just went, went that would have way, been interesting actually yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: canary's left disappointed as he's revealed to be a complete div and you know he walks off and he's not interested or, that, that yeah yeah I suppose but the trouble is Roy Thomas would have brought him back <laughs>
1: <laughs> he could have said don't follow me or else I'll tell everyone who you are
2: yeah or
1: reveal oh. your six identity that would be a really good sleazy thing for him to do. A know, bit of betrayal, killed. yeah. But instead he was killed very quickly, so that's yes. fine. <laughs> Batman didn't stab him in purpose, honest.
2: <laughs> Batman is already laughing it off because there's a funny horse who wants to say hello. So it's all good, it's all fine, it doesn't matter. Nee.
3: It's okay, it gets points for me because nothing bad happened to the horse That's Yes,
2: true. That's the true. horse was okay That
3: makes a good story <laughs> <laughs>
2: No horses were harmed in the recording of this podcast No <laughs> Now, shall we move on to the complete lack of correspondence? Let's do so There's a complete lack of contemporary correspondence, it seems, for this issue <laughs> Pete and I were both sort of checking through our B&B collections and I had the perfect excuse to look through the issue of Brave and the Bold with Batman and the House of Mystery Is that an issue we should have done? I don't know Anyway because the issue that was issue 93, which we thought might have been the most likely to have correspondence on this one. But no, they talk about the, the Adam Strange issue and they talk about some of the other surrounding ones. We couldn't find any particular letter columns that focused on this one completely, which is very disappointing. But I did manage to find one paragraph from issue 95, which isn't even a bit of correspondence from one of the readers, basically. The text in the the letter column says something like this. Several readers quibbled with Bob Haney's point of view in You Only Die Twice, which I think was the Adam Strange story, and Mm -hmm. A Cold Corpse for the Collector. So we're giving him the floor for a couple of paragraphs. His explanation or defence follows. There's a paragraph where he discusses issue 90, which deals with Adam Strange, and then there's another paragraph where Bob Haney himself, the writer of the story, talks about issue 91, and he says, Black Canary certainly would be attracted to her dead husband's duplicate. Most natural thing in the world even though carrying on a relationship with Green Arrow. This is The Eternal Female. Open brackets. Julie Schwartz wishes he'd thought of the same plot. Close brackets. Lol. And Bob concludes, Also, comic stories do not necessarily happen chronologically. We did not establish the precise time of B&B 91. So that means that there must have been some questions about Mm -hmm. when it fitted in between the Justice League stories and the Hard Travelling Heroes. Christine, what do you think of (laughs) (laughs) of Bob Haney's response to things there?
3: bob Penny don't care Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'd care if he got a boot up his backside but that's yes that's that's another matter entirely <laughs> I, that's the
1: eternal female
3: i think it's a sign of black canary's trauma that she's drawn to these boring guys like batman and green arrow like <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a sign of it's a sign of how much she's suffering from her loss
2: Mm. Again, that's a really good point. This is what's. This is really what this story's about, isn't it? It's about her, as you say, her trauma, having to deal with the fact that she's lost her husband. It's she's, yeah, it's...
3: she's gone through a lot, and mm-hmm. I,
2: yeah,
3: I think she'll be she'll be looked. Quite apart from losing her husband, she's moved to a completely different world where people might look like people she knew, but
1: yeah,
3: she's lost all her real connections. So she's looking out for connections where wherever she can find them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean the connections she forges are going to be the most meaningful ones for the long term, but, you know, she's yeah. she's reaching out.
2: Absolutely. And hopefully Green Arrow will be there to catch her, <laughs> etc.
3: I'm sure you'll tell us in due course.
2: Yes. Very interesting story, it must be said. That's what we thought of the story, but what did you think about
1: it? Please get in touch with us. You can email us at Earth 2 podcast at gmail.com and will tell us your thoughts. Make sure you follow us on social media as well because we're putting up some of these amazing panels mm-hmm. for you to see because literally we, we can't describe them justly. They're absolutely fantastic and a, a total change of pace from some of the, the recent fear we've had to be honest. On Facebook and Instagram we're at the Earth 2 Podcast and on Twitter we're at podcast underscore Earth 2.
2: Yes and we will take this opportunity to give a shout out to one of our followers on Instagram, one of our big supporters on there, an account by the name of Steve's DC Superstars because at the point of recording it's Steve's birthday. Steve you'll hear this a couple of weeks after the event but many happy returns from everyone on the actual Earth 2 Podcast we hope you had a great time at your birthday. Lots of love. Thanks for your continued support. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Indeed. I would also like to give a shout out to one of our Twitter followers, DC Multiverse Historian. Yes. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. As I said, he's at DC Multiverse Historian, but he also has a fantastic blog that you should check out. It's at earth-1-earth-2.blogspot.com.
2: Yes, and it's the full words rather than the numerical. We mentioned before, but he does some great stuff, sort of working out the, the various parallels and Mm. compliments between the different characters on the different Earths. When we did a recent Brave and Bold issue where we had Batman and Wildcat, he shared a link, which we retweeted, which has um, a link to his articles all about the the Brave and the Bold stories that Wildcat appears in. So that's worth reading along at the same time as you're listening Mm -hmm. along to us because it's very interesting what he has to say. Absolutely. But before we go, we should say a very special thanks to Christine for joining us and giving voice yeah. to Canary and giving me a rest this week. So thank you for that.
3: <laughs> thank you for having me.
2: We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Well, hopefully, you'll come back soon at some point and help us out again. Mm-hmm. That'd be <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Yes. yes.
1: It's a very short commute, so. It's... <laughs>
3: <laughs> and on that note, I've been Peter. I've been Christine.
2: And I've been David. We will see you again very soon on. The Earth 2 podcast. 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 Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. Batman's on the phone again, and a voice is coming down the receiver saying, This is Larry, partner. Stop looking for Clegg. A stoolie tipped me he's meeting Rhymer at the track at dawn to talk deal about using Reimer's good Sorry, what the hell am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Did I Eric Sayward write this? Oh my goodness, right. Derry roars her bike straight through the fence and she says if you can't go over go through do you want to say it a little louder and faster as if you're riding a motorbike at great speed (laughs) after a uh, a a parallel duplicate of your husband that's just completely betrayed you